1: Coming up tonight after 10.15, have you ever wondered if your child might be gay or if your child comes out to you, what to do? So our LGBTQ panel will address this coming up after 10.15. But first, let's take a look at the inbox.
0: Make a connection anytime at 514-800.
1: You know, you can always email me your questions, your comments, your thoughts to Lori at drlaurie.com. Dot .com I got this one uh, dear uh, Dr. Laurie I just have to tell you how happy I am and it is all because of last night's show I've been listening to your show now and then for the last 3 years I'm 45 and have been married for 22 years and we have a 14-year-old daughter I have not been working since late March and my husband since May fortunately my husband started working again Um, from home, the pandemic has put a greater stress on our relationship, which was already in trouble since January. We have not slept together in months and we had decided to separate since that decision. We have been only getting along. And if it was not for this pandemic, he would be living somewhere else. Last night, you read a poem. And after you mentioned that, that you have been seeing more and more relationships in trouble because of the pandemic, there was a verse in the poem that made me think. I got out of bed, went downstairs where my husband was watching his hockey game, and I looked at him and said, we have to talk. I asked him if he still loved me, and we talked until 3 a.m. We rediscovered ourselves all over again, and we went to bed together. Today I received a text from him, just a simple, I love you and miss you. It has been so long. Then another text, don't make dinner. He walked in at 5.30 with a dozen roses, and we ordered out our daughter's favorite food. Um... He just went out with my daughter, pick up some ice cream and a few other treats, and I'm sitting here with tears in my eyes. I think it's the first time I've been really happy in many, many months. We may not have resolved everything last night, but I'm sure we will. You and your poem made our house a home again. I don't know how to thank you for this. My husband may not be perfect, but I love him, and I'm not perfect either, but he loves me too. It's always nice to get stories of reconnection and and couples can reconnect i have to just tell you this because i work with a lot of couples who who are suffering and um and yes with with hard work and uh really committing to it Couples can survive, can do more than survive, can thrive, can find a different dance to do, uh, but first they have to identify the dance that they're doing that isn't working, and then we can move on to something completely different. So I just want you to know that it's very possible, otherwise I don't think I would be in this uh, profession. So... Um, Good for you and thank you for sharing your success uh, with our audience as well. Uh, My wife and I have been toying around with the idea of of her exploring her sexual desires outside of the marriage and wonder how we should go about it. This has been a long time fantasy for both her and I. Okay, we've had this question come up. like just in the last few days actually I think we we talked about this in terms of fantasy versus reality so the last time I answered this question it was about somebody who had this fantasy of watching their wife with other people now you're talking about uh, a a little bit different you're talking about consensual non-monogamy and having some kind of arrangement outside of uh, within your within your marriage but the very first thing you're going to do is flush out all the possible consequences of acting out this fantasy Um, how will you feel knowing that another person is pleasuring your wife how are you going to handle any feelings of jealousy that may arise have you um, discussed the particular conditions like what's acceptable what's not acceptable what are you comfortable with what are you not comfortable with so it's really really important that you have open communication and that you can both feel free to discuss your thoughts, feelings and desires together to see if uh, if this can work. Like if you have good communication and this is where you both want to go and you both decide that you want to open up your uh, your relationship, we call this consensual non-monogamy then um it could work but I, i would do a bit of research on this like if you google open relationships or read online forums from other people who have open relationships then uh you might at least discover what some of the pitfalls are and and such and i i told this story and i'll tell it again um I told it last night and many times before, but I did know a couple that that's exactly what happened. The fantasy of wanting to have an open marriage, except this one was on the the husband's side. He wanted this. And after kind of years of of discussing it and wanting it, the wife finally said, okay, fine. And then they did have, uh, they did, she ended up first meeting uh, somebody new and the husband uh, just—it it did not go well. He didn't was not happy. I don't. He did not anticipate the feelings that came up in him, and uh, and he really regretted all of this. So, this is why you really have to think about all the uh, the potential uh, the potential pitfalls and consequences of this kind of uh, behavior. I am twenty. I'm a 20-year-old man. I want to know what is the best age to have sex and what are the side effects of not having sex and what is the replacement of it? So, first of all, it's very difficult for me to give you the you know, best age uh, for sex. That's a very individual decision that should be made by taking, thinking it through and taking all the emotional and physical consequences into Uh, consideration so that means being informed by the way Um, being armed with good sexual wellness sexual health information being ready to use protection to avoid sexually transmitted infection pregnancy prevention all of these things have to be thought about uh, beforehand it also means making sure uh, you check in to evaluate how you feel about your partner and your relationship first of all sex is something you should not be feel pressure to engage in even whether it's by your peers by your partner etc so you're asking an alternative Um, you can always choose to self-pleasure masturbation is the alternative to uh, sex with a partner and last question I have a question about my relationships I got out of a bad one and want to get into a good one again I have quite an attachment to porn as well I think porn is okay in certain circumstances I've read nofap and other things as well I want what I want to ask is is some porn okay every now and then or will it halt me from starting another relationship so uh, generally, uh, just the, the no fat movement here, the people who join this movement, it's basically taking a break from porn and masturbation. And these are people who feel that their behavior has had their porn watching behavior has had a negative impact on their uh, on their lives. But most porn watchers uh, don't do this in a compulsive Manner—it's a little bit like the social drinker and and the al- versus the alcoholic. So when it's compulsive use, it can have negative consequences on your sexual. Uh, relationships but watching porn to arouse yourself for the purpose of masturbation it's pretty common practice and I'd have to say in in this day uh, in this day and age and you you'd be hard-pressed to find a person over the age of 20 who has not uh, seen porn at least uh, now now and again so um, if you use it like that now and again it should not impede you from starting a, a relationship just you know be realistic about your expectations about your sexual relationships as well they are not like in porn coming up bill ryan david hawkins join me to discuss uh, what to do if you suspect or your child has come out to you as gay so some parenting advice today t- tonight Lori on CJAD 800. Have you ever wondered if a child, maybe even your own, might be gay? If so, you're not the first parent who has. But a better question may be, how would you handle it if he or she came out to you? Of course, all this is very possible and maybe some of you have experienced this and would like to share with us your experiences at 514-800. To help us better understand how to navigate this sometimes confusing, uh, confusing time, we have our LGBTQ panel, Bill Ryan, who is a McGill Social Work Professor and LGBTQ activist. He's also a psychotherapist in private practice. David Hawkins is with us. He is the director of the West Island LGBTQ2 Plus Center. So we have like the range of, of age also, David is a rather young man how old are you David (laughs) I
2: am uh 27 had to think about that for a moment
1: and I won't ask Bill his age because that just wouldn't be polite I
2: was worried for a moment
1: let let's just say Bill is like you know a long time activist and has seen has seen a lot so this is a, a, a question. I know that uh, you, Bill, as a therapist, probably get parents who come to you or ask you for advice or are confused. Or maybe you even, I don't even know if you see young people who don't know how to come out to, to family. Um, maybe we can talk about that. And, and, of course, David, at your center, you have parents groups which are absolutely vital, crucial uh, to this process as well, right? Yeah,
2: and, and we get kind of like both sides. We get the parents saying kind of like where their struggles and their challenges lie, but also the youth saying where their challenges and their struggles lie when living with their families. So I, I kind of get to see both sides at the same time, right. so, so to speak.
1: But also it's wonderful to be able to, ha- to see the youth that come to you and then to have the parents there, as well right so obviously parents who go to the lgbtq center want to learn want to know more are, are playing an active role we should tell you that research shows that gay lesbian and bisexual young adults that come from very rejecting families as opposed to families who were either neutral or mildly rejecting, are nearly six times more likely to have major depression and three to five times more likely to use illegal drugs or have unprotected sex. So, Bill, where do we, where do we begin with this process here?
0: Well, if we're talking about a, it as a process, the, the very first component in the process is that, and generally at the age of the onset of puberty, a young person realizes that their sexual attractions are not necessarily in the direction that their family and and culture has prepared them for. Mm-hmm. And this generally provokes in most young people a, a, a crisis of varying degrees. And many of them will not talk to anyone else about it, and some for a very long time. And so, you know, I will meet sometimes 17- or 18-year-old um, young adults who... I will be the first person that they speak to about this. And it often happens after they have left family home and have started CJEP or university and are starting to feel a little bit of autonomy, both financially and emotionally, from their parents. Um, the, that step is the initial step in the coming out process when someone who looks in their own mirror at their own face and says, this is who I am. Right. And it may take years for them to actually complete a coming out process, or they may never do it, but it always starts with an admission to oneself.
2: Right,
0: And the next step then is to start thinking about talking to those people who are the most important in your life so that you might be authentic with them. And they determine who they talk to often based on the perception of that person's The anticipation of that person's response. So, friends who have been, who have confronted homophobia, who have corrected misconceptions about homosexuality or bisexuality or or transsexuality, um, who have shown openness, are often the friends to whom they will come first. Mm -hmm. And they will often come first to those friends because they feel like they have less to risk than when they ultimately decide to talk to their parents. And, uh, you know, some young people may go through the process of their own personal coming out and talking to friends and parents within a very short period of time. Right. And for others, it might take years and years and years. And again, for others, they may not actually ever come out to their parents. They might just disappear geographically and emotionally from their parents' lives.
1: Right. And I've seen a few situations where they, people have not officially come out but kind of like the whole family kind of knows but it's never said out loud the word gay has never been used the way homosexual the word homosexual has never been used but everybody in the family knows that this person uh is gay you know and uh even though they've never come out officially and i don't know if it's a generational thing too i mean the person i'm thinking of is much older um, and, you know, maybe an hour, like, even older than I am. So I, I think there may be a, a shift in that. I think more people are probably coming out now at a really? younger age.
0: Yes, but not in every community and not everywhere. So we're we kind of, kind of are seeing the coexistence of mm. an older model and a newer model, and the newer model being one in which people come out at ages that are similar to their heterosexual peers coming out around their own sexuality, right. and, you know, heterosexual peers don't generally come out in the same way, but they do become aware of their attractions and start to think about uh, living those attractions. We're seeing more and more uh, sexual minority youth who are starting to live those periods and developmental stages at the same time as their heterosexual peers. And to me, that's the image of the world that we are moving into.
1: Right. David, What do you? Uh, yeah. what's your experience been? What about you as a, I mean, you're, you're pretty young. How is your coming out process?
2: I mean, um, I, I, do, I do think that um, you guys have a point where you talk about how people seem to be coming out younger and younger. Um, I mean, if, even if we just look at the, at the center, the demographic, you have a lot of people who are 13 and 14 and who are already really confident and open about their sexualities and, and their gender identity and what have you. But I know when I was in high school, it wasn't that long ago. Um, I graduated in 2010, and the year that I graduated, there was not one person who was openly out in my grade. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, I went I went to a high school here in the West Island. I think the West Island likes to, to consider themselves quite progressive and quite modern and forward-thinking. But um, in my grade, there was not one person who was openly out as gay, lesbian, trans, what have you. I think there were one or two of us who were talking about it with our friends, but we were not publicly out. Mm -hmm. And then um, for the year above me, I, I can't recall one person having been out in that year either, or even the year before that. I had never heard of anyone at St. Thomas being openly queer. But the even just it's 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 remarkable because I think the change is happening so quick that like even on a year to year basis, it changes.
1: Absolutely. Like, uh, you graduated 10 years ago. Uh, I think my eldest daughter graduated maybe eight years ago or seven years ago. And she was one of the ones to start the, um, the so Alliance, be, the gay yeah. straight Alliance as a straight person. But, and in yeah. her year, there were at least five or six people that had come out to her.
2: Yeah. So and it, when, yeah. Well, when I was in, uh, even when I was in in CJAP, uh, I became a lot of friends with people who had gone to St. Thomas the year after me, and they were like, "Oh yeah, in our in our grade, there were three or four people who were open, openly living as as their authentic sexuality or their authentic gender identity." So right. it's, I think it, it's grown and changed so quickly.
1: It does. It, it is changing quickly in some ways, maybe not so quickly in other ways. Uh, maybe as as parents, we have some catch up to do. But we're talking about parenting. Uh, you're A gay child, or how a, uh, somebody, your child comes out to you as gay. How to tell? What if you suspect your child is gay? What what can you do? There are resources for that. So we're going to address all of that with our LGBTQ panel. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Here's your stupid sex story of the day. A doctor has urged the public not to use toothpaste as a lubricant after several people shared their painful experiences on social media. Over the last few months, a number of posts have cropped up on Reddit detailing people's experiences of using toothpaste as a lubricant during masturbation or sex and they sound very painful you would think that most people would know better than to try this out for themselves at home but apparently not as such a medical expert has stepped in to warn people of the dangers that can occur if you put toothpaste anywhere other than your teeth It can cause infections or even chemical burns if used on the genitals. Toothpaste can contain ingredients such as bleaching agents, peppermint, or scented oils, which can be irritating or abrasive. So there's your stupid sex story of the day. Right now, let's get to some serious business here with Bill Ryan, a McGill social work professor and LGBTQ activist, as well as psychotherapist in private practice, and David Hawkins, a director of the west island lgbtq center so you know which panel we have tonight and tonight we're discussing an important um issue what to do when your child says I'm gay. Obviously, when, when parents learn that their child is gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender, they can experience a whole range of emotions. It could include things like self-blame. What did I do wrong? Did I do something wrong? It could be grief. The child I thought I knew and loved no longer exists. It could be worry. Will my child be discriminated against? Uh, it could be a religious confusion it could be a uh, stigma right what will people think of my child of me so what can we go through some uh, steps bill of what what to do in a situation like this like what is the first response first of all i would applaud a child who's able to talk to their parents about this and and i do want to talk about creating an environment in your home where a child will feel open to coming out to you and discussing discussing this. So Bill, we, we'll start with you.
0: Well, I'm going to, I'm going to start with the last part of your, your question and not the first
1: to okay. begin with,
0: because I think it's one thing that makes a major difference in the life of a child who's in the process of coming to terms with being LGBTQ is the messages that they have heard from their parents in all their years growing up in that home. Mm. And children who have heard their parents confront homophobia, uh, clarify information with with facts rather than misbeliefs, um, not promote humor that denigrates people because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. Um, If those parents have friends who are gay or lesbian in their social networks, all of those things will make the coming out experience for a young person in that family much more easy because they already know they already sense that their parents have a level of acceptance by the way their parents had talked about and managed situations related to lgbtq Mm -hmm. issues for the, the life of that child children whose parents have denigrated laughed at condemned those children may never come out to their parents. They may run away from their parents and the parents will never know why, why, or they may be at much higher risk of taking their own lives because they feel like their parents will hate them for being who they are. So
1: that's uh, and, and I think as parents we have to be very uh, aware of the way we speak and of, and Absolutely. some of the things that we say sometimes could be really simple things like, Oh, one day your wife, or one day your husband, and you keep saying that over yeah. and over again, and you never say the person you love, you will love, or whatever it is, and so the child understands that this is the only acceptable uh, coupling. I right. Right, right? I know. Absolutely. As a parent, we were so careful about that because, of course, you know, we wanted to, them to to know about this, but also we. In, in our household, we had a lot of uh, gay couples that were very close friends, so our children were very much exposed to that. So often asked, like, oh, how come such and such aren't married? And how, you know, um, or, or just questions like this. So for them, it was like two, two people who loved each other, and that was okay. So that was the message. So we were able to talk about it in that way, but it's not every household. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. And, you know, those, for those friends... Of, your, of those children who come from households that are very homophobic, the non-homophobic parents may be lifesavers for the child whose parents aren't able or
1: won't
2: support
0: them.
1: Right, David. Yeah. Did, what do you want to add to that?
2: Yeah, I mean, speaking from personal experience, I know a lot of people in my in my personal sphere who who their 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 chosen family are not the same as their biological family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge thing within the community, and that's a conversation that um, I think a lot of people within the community, regardless of their age, can relate to, because we have had to go out and find that support in other places that were not our own parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think to add on uh, to what Bill was saying, like some of the, the small things that you can do along the way as parents, mm-hmm. um, actually instigating those conversations with your children, I think, is, is huge. Just not... not Asking them point blank if they're gay or straight, but having conversations in which you, you, you talk about, um, in the future, having a partner instead of having a husband or a wife. Right. Um, avoiding that kind of gendered um, dynamic. Or, or even just, um, I'm a proponent of, if you're going to be a parent from day one, consider the fact that your kids might not be straight.
1: Right. And also to, let, let, uh, that the message gets through that no matter what you will be loved. I think it, if, if the children know this, no matter who you choose to love, or, uh, sometimes those conversations may be difficult to have, but ch- children need to feel that they will be safe and, and accepted and loved. We'll, uh, we'll continue to talk about what to do, uh, when your child says I'm gay, where they can get support. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Tonight we're discussing uh, when your child comes out to you as gay with our LGBTQ panelist, Bill Ryan, a McGill Social Work Professor, and LGBTQ activist, also a psychotherapist. Uh, David Hawkins, who is the director of the West Island LGBTQ2+. Center as well, and let me share, gentlemen, with you some uh, text messages and and others and emails. Uh, Love your show. Discovered it one evening. Evening, happy I did. My nephew is gay. He lives in Toronto, and the family in Montreal. It's been a secret for over twenty years. So complicated. So there's uh, what you were saying, Bill, about people. Leaving this, you know, leaving town and and kind yeah. of uh, leaving the family and yeah. and minimizing Resulting contact. Yeah, build a, a new life away from the eyes of the family. I guess. Another, uh, person writes in being the father of a gay son who came out to my wife and I some 17 years ago, we were understandably disappointed. My, my wife at the time cried for days. We were both accepting and love him nonetheless, but I do take issue with a gay or lesbian trying to tell straight parents how to handle the situation. In fact, my wife approached a gay friend and he told her being gay himself, his opinion on how to handle it would be biased and perhaps wrong, advised her to seek someone qualified in family issues that are non-biased. But I'm thinking as someone who might have lived through it, you might know what is required. I don't know what you think about this, Bill, even as a therapist. Oh,
0: I think that, I think the experiences of people who have lived What's that question um, can be very, very helpful, but that doesn't mean everyone is very helpful or everyone gives good advice. And so there are, you know, there are good books available, there are resources available, there are community organizations available that can actually give advice that's based on more than just one person's experience. Right. But one person's experience can, in certain circumstances, be very helpful.
1: Right. And there have been many books written about this, like uh, Gerald Bain wrote a book called So Your Child is Gay. That was it's a quite it's quite an old book, but it's very good. And a newer book that says Coming Out, Coming Home, Helping family, Families Adjust to a Gay or Lesbian Child uh, was written by... Uh, Michael Lasala, who actually did a study. He he studied 65 families of gay and lesbian youth for his book. And what he says is that he found that some parents get to the point where they believe that the experience of having a gay child actually made them a better person, more open-minded and sensitive to the needs of others, particularly those in other minority groups. Others grew to be proud of their children's sexual orientation, yet others found that their relationships were... With their children, grew to be closer, stronger, and more honest uh, than ever before, and that—that's his experience with uh, sixty-five um, families. Of course, you see, coming yeah. out,
0: coming out to anyone, and particularly coming out to your family, is an exercise in authenticity, and you're saying to people you come out to, "I want you to know the real me, and I want to be the real me
1: with, with you." you. Right. And that, of
0: course, is a good experience.
1: Right. Of course. Exactly. Uh, as one person writes, WTF does understandably disappointed mean? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, kinda,
0: I sort of reacted to that myself, but I think that you also have to, have to allow some parents a moment to have to shift their paradigms. Yes. And the dreams and the way that they thought their child's life exactly. was going to be. Exactly. It's not necessarily going to be the case for many parents. And so, you know, some parents are disappointed when their children don't become doctors because they always wanted them to be doctors. Exactly. Some parents, yeah, saw their daughter dressed in the bride dress with a man. And, you know, for many parents, their children are not going to live their dreams, but the children are going to live the children's dreams.
1: Right. And yeah. there are, and just to for that, that person who emailed, and um, I have worked uh, with families and individuals coming out and stuff. And I'm I don't come from a gay perspective, but I understand the uh, you know I, I'm what's considered to be a, a gay friendly therapist. If you wanna, people ask that when they call. If like there's a, a gay couple that needs help, they'll ask me, am I uh, am I you know, queer positive, for example. So, yeah. which I think is important if you want to, you know, you're getting help, you want somebody who knows something about it, may, may not have lived it, but that doesn't mean they can't be helpful in the same way that I think even coming from the LGBTQ community, that doesn't mean you can't be, comp- you can't be objective. There's a difference right. about bias and, and, uh, and objective, right? right? Because I'd be biased too, in the sense that I would be, Going for uh, acceptance rather than if somebody came to me and said, "I want you to," which has happened, by the way, "I want you to," uh, you know, therapize the gay out of my my kid, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I wouldn't do.
0: Yeah, and which we are, are are not allowed to do,
1: and we're not allowed to do. But very true, very true. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I hope the first thing you do for your child, as Tech just says, if, if they are sure they are gay, is let them know it's okay and try to help them prepare uh, for the cruel world.
2: I, I think that actually touches on something really interesting, the idea of, like, are you sure that you're gay or are you sure that you're trans? Um, because the reality is, is we as, as people... We've been mulling this over in our heads years before we tell anybody. Mm-hmm. I know I I um, I thought about it long and hard for literally probably five to six years before I came out to my family. Okay. Um, so like at that point, yeah, we're pr- we're pretty much sure. Um, and so I think that a lot of times uh, parents will ask that, and it is kind of good natured. Like the the heart is in the right place because right. as a parent, you see like. Oh well, my kid is now gay or lesbian or trans or what have you, and that means that the world is suddenly going to be a lot harder on them for it. Right,
1: and, and that so, and I think that's yeah. where from that's where I know most parents come from. It's the fear. It it's the oh, now I I worry for my child, especially if they come from a place or. Where it was difficult, or they saw that there was a lot of uh, uh, homophobia and, and danger and such. It's a little bit of a different world today. Doesn't mean it's easier, but, but still, it's easier than it once was. So it does yeah. come from a good place. And I think when they say, are you sure, <laughs> you know it, it's a little bit like uh, well, maybe you're just exploring your sexuality. You know, they're yeah. checking in with you. <laughs> and I think you that's know, just like the- a gut reaction.
2: It comes out before you can even um, catch yourself. Like it just happens. Right. Um, but that's always one of those questions that seems to come up more, more often than not. And uh, yeah, it's always interesting when that question yeah. comes up because it's like I understand where you're coming from, but like, ooh, uh, maybe don't ask
1: that. (laughs) uh, Bill, last words from you?
2: Yeah, I think one of the
0: things that's really important to mention is that studies show that children who have told their parents and who have supportive parents who love them and that it does not change at all the love the parents have for their children do not encounter near as many obstacles or psychosocial distress indicators as those who think they've lost their parents love. Yeah. And so having your parents behind you makes a huge difference in the way that you see the world because as with any child having your parents behind you makes a huge Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And that's and attachment, right? for this population. Right. And more so for this population. Guys, thank yes. you so much. Uh, Bill, if someone wants to consult you for private uh, therapy, what what uh, where can they find you?
0: 514 two seven seven
2: six nine nine four
1: wonderful and david hawkins uh, to get in touch with the lgbtq uh to west island center
2: you can always find us on facebook or on instagram at lgbtq2 center or you can always give us a call at 514-794-5428 or send us an email Morning. we're always there
1: wonderful david bill thank you so much for joining us and discussing this really important topic tonight Thank you all to you for spending uh, your precious time with us. Thanks to our technical producer Nicole Peruano, tonight. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website drlori.com. You can find podcasts of this show and past shows. Uh, in fact, you can find the best of the show on the CJD page on the iHeart uh, Radio app or our show page at cjd.com as well. So many places to go and pick up the podcast. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.